0: What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter, at LockedOnBucks, at Jay Yarko underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. The NFL season kicks off tonight, David. Did you know that?
1: I did, and I've already got wings ready to go.
0: Do you? Are, are you going to wear like a cheap $5 uh, Walmart Eagles t-shirt since they're uh, playing the Falcons?
1: No, I'll, I'll definitely be in a pair of khakis and a polo shirt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I wouldn't wear Eagles gear either, but I will be rooting for them as they take on the Atlanta Falcons to kick off the NFL season, but we're not here to talk about them. Oh, no, 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 no. We are here to talk about um our good friend. Not really, but number one draft pick for the Buccaneers this year. Uh, Vita Vea has still not practiced and there was some optimism and some hope that he was going to make his debut in week one against the saints. I understand you want to take it easy and you want to kind of make sure that he's fully healed before you really rush him back to the, to the field because you don't want him to injure it even more when you're dealing with a strained calf and you're as big of a human as Vita Vea, it would probably be really easy to re injure that. But David, I don't think we're going to see the debut of Vita Vea this week or anytime soon.
1: No, honestly, I mean, I would be I would be surprised at this point uh if we see Vita Vea before we see James Winston. Uh yeah, I could see that.
0: I could see how that would make it. Oh no, David. I'm I I'm sorry I to our listeners, I'm a little distracted. I have a fantasy draft going on simultaneously, <laughs> and it just auto picked Ryan's suck up for me. So I'm going to be making a very quick kicker transaction as yeah. soon as everything is finalized. Because that, ooh, that is bad. I did not want that to be my kicker. But anyway, I digress. Um, I would say that we would, we'll probably see Vita Vea before Jameis Winston, if I had to guess. But it certainly won't be this week. I would I would cautiously guess week three. I think we'll see him the week before Jameis. Because you got to think that'll also give him that one extra day. The game yep. will be on a Monday night. You know, if uh you know, if he starts to practice next week, I think he would be ready for that Monday night game. But then again, I wouldn't be totally shocked if he debuts the same time as Jameis. So I don't know. It's a it's a touchy situation. But, you know, with as much depth as Jason Light brought in along the defensive line, it it doesn't hurt as bad as it would have had they not gotten, you know, Curry and Bo and and JPP. And I know Mitch Unry is is injured. He's on the IR designated to return so he can come back after I believe it's eight weeks. But there's a, lot of, there's a lot of depth along this defensive line, so I don't think missing Vea for the first couple weeks is going to be the worst thing that could happen to this team by any means.
1: No, definitely not. I mean, there, I, there's definitely enough talent on the front line to absorb the loss of Vita Vea. I mean, I mean to, to be completely honest with you, what are they absorbing? You really don't even know what they're absorbing right now, so it's really not anything to absorb. It's just what they've been working with. So, uh, you know, it always sucks to not have your first-round draft pick on the field when the season starts. But it happens, you know. Um, it, it's not the first time it's happened to an NFL team. It's not going to be the last time it happens to an NFL team. But like you said, Jason Light, you know, obviously the focus of the franchise and himself as a general manager was to beef up that defensive line, and they did that. So doing that makes this sort of situation a little bit more bearable. Um, I know there's some fans and stuff out there, you know, very disgruntled, a uh, little upset. You know, so there's already the word bust floating around out there. Oh, I love that but word. It's my that, favorite uh, word, especially yeah, when people use
0: it, you know, the right
1: way. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody needs to calm down a little bit. If, if you're if you're in that boat, you you know, just kind of slowly roll a little bit. It's it's not the end of the world. And I mean, honestly, I think you know the the depth on the line kind of plays into this a little bit. I mean, the team when you feel like you've got talent to to roll with it, it kind of enables you as a team to be able to be a little bit more cautious with some of your younger players that you're looking to build your franchise around because you try to build your franchise around first-round draft picks. So if you have the ability not to rush him back too soon, you know, then, then that's what uh, you have the ability to do if if you bring in guys like the Buccaneers are brought in this season. And going back to the offseason or the preseason in camp where, you know, uh, they're, they're moving JPP around the line a little bit here and there. You know, they've got some other other rushers out there eager to prove themselves. They brought in, you know, uh, Carl Nassib from the Browns. So, I mean, they've got some pieces where they can maneuver some things around, try to find some mismatches on the offensive line that they uh, match up well against and, and make this thing work while Vita continues to heal, continues to come back, and gets ready to play.
0: Before we move on to the, to discuss, you know, the the acquisition of Carl Nassib, which we're going to get to in our next segment, David, we had Vita Vea missing every preseason game. He's missed – a ton of practice. So, let's let's throw out a little hypothetical here. Let's say that Vita Vea did come back and practice on Wednesday and he mm-hmm. was going to practice today and he mm-hmm. was going to practice tomorrow. Mm-hmm. For somebody that missed that big of a chunk of the off season, I mean, how big of a difference do you really think he could have made against the New Orleans Saints?
1: Uh, I mean, potential-wise, there's the potential for him to to make a big impact, you know, make a big difference. I mean, something you saw at the University of Washington is is when he got one-on-one uh, matchups on the offense from the offensive line, uh, whether it be in pass rushing situations or key situations, he was able to uh, penetrate very quickly and either put pressure or put a hit on the quarterback or the running back, depending on the situation. And playing alongside a guy like Gerald McCoy you know, JPP, Vinny Curry, he's definitely going to get some one-on-one op- um, opportunities. So he could make a, a big impact, but that's not to say that Bo Allen can't make a similar impact. It's, it's not to say that, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, all you need to make an impact on the football field is to be on the field. You know what I mean? And uh, it, it's, it's, the potential is there for it to be great, which is why he's a first-round draft pick, right? But we shouldn't confuse potential to be great Uh, with deficit of greatness if that makes any sense
0: yeah yeah that makes sense and you know I kind of look at it from the fact that you know Vea though he can break through the offensive line and get to the quarterback that's not what he's known for that's not really why they brought him in so I look at Vea more so you know later in the season against the saints rather than what he would have provided in week 1 is being the kind of guy that can blow up the offensive line and break up those running plays and kind of neutralize Alvin Kamara like I spoke about on our our crossover episode with Ross Jackson of locked on saints that's going to be a huge key is you know neutralizing the running game with Kamara and and getting pressure on Breeze if you allow Kamara to run wild like he did against the Bucks last year if you allow Breeze to be comfortable in the pocket he'll pick you apart that's just how it is that's why they go out and they get you know this defensive line because they have to face Breeze twice they have to face Matt Ryan twice they have to face Cam Newton twice you know that's six of your 16 games that you have to try to take down three of the top quarterbacks in the NFL you know allegedly I, I mm-hmm. won't put Cam Newton category but some people do because of his legs. So no. you know, I I see Vea as being that kind of player. Now, could he have been that player on Sunday? I don't think so because of all that time that he missed. Um, but I I would say that you're right that his his upside for this week, you know, would have made him valuable, of course and you would like to see him on the field, but at the same time, you you know that upside. You know that value. That's why you want to make sure that calf is healthy before you really push him too fast because yeah. if Vea goes down to an extended injury and he's gone for the season, you're already missing Unrhyne for the first half of the year. What happens if Gerald McCoy goes down with an injury or you lose Pierre Paul or you lose Curry? You know, that that depth can, can be depleted real, real fast.
1: Oh, yeah, and I mean, I think that, you know, I'm not. I'm not an NFL defensive line coach. I'm not a defense coordinator, so I don't know what they've schemed and what they've game planned already. But I mean, if you were, if you were able to bring Vita along this week and then have him available for Week One, you know, it, the wiser decision. I, I don't think he would start. You know, just because of the time he has missed and the fact that he's a rookie and it would be uh, his, his first real NFL experience, but putting him in in specific situations. Like I'm not going to want to put him in on a goal line situation just because his, his lower his lower body isn't fully healthy at, at the moment. You know what I mean? But putting him in, I'll say a pass rush situation where you can try to get him to push the middle, try to kind of uh, disrupt that pocket a little bit and let some of your edge rushers get in or something like that. And then you also help him out by bringing a blitzer up the middle. So that kind of makes that kind of forces the, them to disengage from a double team. If he happens to get one, or if they've got a running back staying in chip block, it keeps that running back from hitting your guy while he's engaged with another player. You know what I mean? So there's things you could do as a defensive coach to kind of help this kid who is getting on the field for the first time in a long time in, in real active football, coming back from an injury, being a first-year player. You know, uh, uh, but so there's, so there's a lot of things the team could do when he comes back, and that's some of the things they probably will do when he comes back, uh, whether it be next week or week three or whenever it happens. Is kind of ease him into things because, again, going back to your original point, you bring in all these veterans and these pieces so that you don't have to rely on your youth, you know, and and that's something that uh, the Buccaneers defense hasn't been always been able to do. We look at it in the secondary; that's what makes a lot of people nervous about the secondary. Is you got Brent Grimes, you got Chris Conte, who, I mean, probably about as much of a a divisive player as there is on the roster, and then you got a whole bunch of young guys. You know, and that's what makes people nervous about the secondary, and that's what makes other teams kind of salivate when they look at uh, playing the Buccaneers is is all the, you know, all the rookies or the, or the second-year players or, you know, the struggling first-round draft picks. So, yeah, I mean, it's just it's, – it's a smart way to do things. But, yeah, as far as week one specifically, you know, I mean, the potential there is – the potential is there, but if you're coaching smart and you're playing with your, with your pieces smart, you're going to put guys in there who have been able to practice, who have been able to get reps – and prepare for this game versus the young guy who's had to watch it. Mental reps are important, but mental reps don't replace getting punched in the mouth uh, by an NFL offensive lineman over and over again.
0: David, uh, a few minutes ago, as I I displayed my disgust on the air, I, I made a pretty bad bet by trusting the auto draft to pick the right kicker for me. Yes, you did. But I think I'm going to counter the karma that that induced by making a really good bet with our friends over at my bookie, because the truth is, I don't know who's going to win. You know, I I think the bucks are going to cover nine and a half points. I can tell you that much. But if you you think, you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys. They are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. You lay down some cash and you win big today. David and I would only recommend a service to our listeners that have been good to us, and that's why we are urging all of you to make your way to MyBookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over/under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. I would hammer the under on Ryan Suckup. That's why I'm going to drop him as soon as I can without having to use a, a waiver there in that in that league that I just drafted in. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Put in ten dollars, put in twenty five, fifty, a hundred, five hundred, a thousand. All you have to do is use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Again, they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Visit Online. that's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, when creating your account to claim your bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. To to help alleviate some of the pressure now uh, of the of the defensive line. You know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. And we've all been witnessing uh hard knocks if if you're into that sort of thing and watching the story of the Cleveland Browns. I gotta say, it was a phenomenal season of hard knocks. I actually got into it. This is the first time I've watched an entire season besides the Buccaneers season, and I was really impressed. I really liked what they had. I like some of the storylines. I cannot wait until Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley get in a full-blown fist fight on the sideline because it's gonna happen. But we saw how hard uh, Carl Nassib was working, and and how impressed the coaches were with him. And it just so happened he he happened to be a, a casualty to other teams releasing players. He made the initial fifty three man roster, and then somebody became available. I'm not sure who it was that that Cleveland really liked, and they let Nassib walk and. The Buccaneers were able to pick him up. Now, is NASA going to come in and light the world on fire? No. Again, it's kind of like these people calling for Jason Light's head because Mitch has a concussion and he's going on the IR, but somehow that's Jason Light's fault. He's not coming in to be a 13 and a half sack guy. That's not him. He's coming in because he's rotational. He's depth. He can you know, get to the quarterback. He has, uh, what was it like five and a half career sacks in two seasons. Um, but he only started four games as a rookie two years ago. He's a third round pick. You know, he's still learning and he looked like he deserved to be on that football team. It was just a victim of circumstance. So, excuse me. I like what NASA brings to this team. I like the depth that he provides. I like the fact that it's somebody who's still young, still learning, and now Coach Buckner gets his hands on him and might turn him into a pretty formidable piece along the defensive line. But, you know, I, I don't want fans out there expecting Nassib to come in and supposed to be, you know, J.J. Watt. That's not how this works. Not every free agent signing is a starter in a pro bowler. Not every draft pick is going to go on to win rookie of the year or an NFL MVP. There's 53 guys on this team. There's a rotation. There is a pecking order and not every single player is going to be a pro bowl and light the world on fire. And I think some people have a hard time grasping that. And they want to say that the GM isn't doing their job because they're signing this bomb who only got two sacks this season. Well, you know, he only was on the field for 14% of the snaps because Jason Pierre Paul doesn't come off the field. That's that's how Jason Pierre Paul is. So again, I thought it was a great pickup for the depth. I think he's going to be better than Will Clark. I know you're a Will Clark guy. I I think NASA has the potential to be even better than that and contribute even more. Uh, I just want to kind of temper those expectations that people have that you know he's supposed to be a, a world beater. Or I want to kind of counter the thought of some of these people like, well, why do we want the Cleveland Browns you know, garbage, you know, they didn't want him and they've only won one game in two years. Well, if there's one position group that I would want someone from off of the Cleveland Browns, it's their defensive line because their defensive
1: line is stacked. Yeah, I mean, that's what, you know, like you said, the only part of this whole situation I really don't like is is the fact that the Bucs uh, release Will Clark in the process. But, I mean, I can't stand here and, and deny that, you know, Carl Nassau doesn't have, uh, talent and doesn't have the ability to make some impacts on the defensive on the defensive line when given the opportunity. I just happen to be a fan of Will Clark. Um, but yeah, as far as Browns cast-offs are concerned, I mean, I mentioned it on this show specifically when we we talked about defenses and talked about some teams and stuff. The Cleveland Browns' problem, uh, even last year, wasn't defense. The Cleveland Browns' problem was offense. Um, the 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 main Cleveland Browns' problem was quarterback decisions, which. Uh, I wrote about on on Bucks Nation a little while back uh, or about a little while ago. Um, Yeah, there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with taking players on the on the waiver wire from good, solid units. You know, Uh, that's that's kind of one of the curses. I mean, we looked at the running back situation in Tampa, like had Charles Smith not gone down what were the Buccaneers going to do with their their running back situations? Were they were they going to cut Charles Sims? I mean, we all kind of had our reservations about that. You know, he's kind of got the reputation of having kind of the coaches in his pocket type of thing. And, you know, for some reason they just love him and see something that, you know, most of us don't see. But could they run the risk of putting a Sean Wilson on the practice squad and not getting him poached? Probably not. Um, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and this is a problem that the Browns had. I don't know exactly who they picked up because I'm not Ari Wasserman and I don't really – uh, dig too deep into the browns stuff when we're talking about bucks football but whoever they picked up they felt like they could sacrifice on the defensive line. I mean I I I, I don't know if my bookies got it up, but I'd be I'd be fairly confident making the bet that they didn't pick up a defensive lineman to release Carl Nassim. Um they probably picked up a different position to release him. If I'm wrong let me know in, you know on Twitter or whatever and I'll take the L on that. But uh like you said the the Browns are deep when it comes to, to pass rushers. The, the Browns are deep when it comes to defensive line uh, the Buccaneers are not. They've definitely gotten deeper, right? Um, but we're the same fan base who have been moaning and groaning about lack of pass rushing in the preseason. Uh, we talked about it, again, just recently about, you know, the fact that it's come out from multiple sources that the Bucks really just didn't show everything they've been working on or planning to do with their pass rush and their defensive line. So it's kind of a wait-and-see type of situation. But, again, the focus of the offseason was defensive line. It continues to be the focus. Um, If the secondary falters and these young guys don't make a name for themselves, then, you know, the focus next year will probably be secondary. And if, if the depth and the additions to the defensive line pan out, we've already got really good linebackers and then they focus on secondary next year. This is how you build a team. You know, Um, I hate, I hate to be as cliche to say Rome wasn't built in a day, but I mean, it's the truth. Uh, So this is how you build a team. And Carl Nassim's got talent. Uh, He was a third round draft pick for a reason. So You know, it is what it is. Hopefully he does well. He's got a very short turnaround to get on the field, but uh, he's got a pretty, a pretty specific set of skills and it's not going to take a whole lot of time for him to get into a position where he can learn enough to try to have an impact. And, uh, you know, he's probably going to be overshadowed by Noah expensive sack and forced fumble. But other than that, you know, I hope that uh, he comes in and shows everyone that he was a worthy pickup.
0: All right, well, David, I th- I think that's gonna do it for me for this episode. Do you have anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here?
1: Uh no, yeah, I think I think we pretty well covered all that.
0: All right. Well, of course, we will be back tomorrow with our final episode before the Buccaneers first game of the 2018 season. But until then, make sure you're checking out everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you continue to call in with your voicemails. We've gotten quite a few. We appreciate those calls on, on the last episode. We asked uh, we asked for you guys to send in your bold predictions after David and I each made ours. Some of you have done that. Some of you called in with some questions. Uh, we're not going to play those right now. We're going to play the other ones here at the very end of the episode. Just because you don't hear yours today doesn't mean it won't eventually get played. Or you know it, it doesn't mean that you should stop trying because we're going to play as many as we can. And again, every single person. Whose voicemail gets played, you're entered into our contest to win that autographed custom black Quan Alexander jersey. comes with the certificate of authenticity, so you know it is the real deal. So please continue to call and leave those voicemails at 813-444-5841. And make sure you're following along on Twitter, at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore bucks, and at DH82 underscore bucks. We would like to thank each and every one of you for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.
1: Hey, this is Tom Robinson in East Seminole Heights, and I predict that Peyton Barber will be top ten in rushing yards and in yards per rush attempt this season. Go Bucks. Hello there, James and David. It's your boy Chef Aaron. I uh, just calling in and uh maybe I'm not one of the first calls you get. Uh I would say bold predictions for week one of the NFL season and for hopefully the Bucks playoff uh appearance here. Hopefully I don't jinx ourselves. But anyway, yeah, this week I predict that Peyton Barber will have over 120 yards rushing and two touchdowns. And I think Catanzaro makes a game-winning field goal.